spidey senses tingling. Really big show. Uh, that, of course, is your host and mine of my heart, Slim. This is the Paper Cake Podcast, number 55. Welcome to the Paper Cake Podcast, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Dear listener, papercake.com, check us out on the Tumblr. Um, this is a podcast about comics. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of crap out there, and I'm, we're about to show you there's some good stuff. You know, fact. We have a format. We have a time limit. Yeah, this is it. You know, we we go, you know, buy some rules. You know what you're getting. Uh, we'll talk about some industry news in the first segment. You know, uh, and then we'll get into the books we're reading, and then we'll do a book club. This week's. Book club is Baltimore, the curse bells. Clap for them killers. Give it up for them gangsters. One time for the and we'll read your letters live to close out the show. Letters at papercake.com. Um, so let's go around the room, you know? See who you're going to be hearing from. You know, who you want to give two hoots about for this new podcast that you're listening to. Or if you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. We and, appreciate uh, it. Rate us on iTunes, you turd. You're not a turd, though. Um, I want to talk about my favorite local alcoholic. He is the newsman. He has a kid. He's got <laughs> he's got a kid on the way. I drink. All right. I mean, I mean what, what do you want? What? Uh, he is the Peter Jennings of comic book news. He's been called online. Um, he loves hardcover comic books. You know, he's one of those guys. You know, ain't no shame in that. I I would take those hardcovers and instead of pressing flowers in it, I would uh, press my Dale underscore A. Welcome to the show. It is good to be here, and I got to tell you, on the, whenever we record the second episode, you know, sometimes we record two episodes in one day, but once you start playing this here rap song, we start jumping around like 40s soccer moms in their 40s who've <laughs> never been, who haven't been out drinking in 20 years. We just start like raving. Five minutes into the bar, they're hammered and making out with some young <laughs> yeah, stud. dancing to the yeah. most awful song. Uh, speaking of young studs. It's good to be here, though. He is a writer. We have a host on the show that is a writer. Yeah, yeah. Are you floored? Uh, he's unpublished. You know, he's uh, he's on the fan fix. You know, he's putting some <laughs> stuff together. Maybe someone will pick it up. Maybe Somebody's... someone will read it. And, you know, let's hire you. Isn't that what all comics are? Who said that? Somebody uh, famous said Jesus. That. Jesus said all comics are basically fanfics with art. He did say that. I read that. Uh, I don't know, remember where. But John chapter yeah. 4. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know any chapters of the Bible. That's kind of deep. He's here. Um, Jonesy loves beer. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. And thank you for returning to the Paper Cake Show, Dan. Home of wood paneling. <laughs> and, so proud of us, Dan. And, uh, we ran out of intro for Mark. Slim's uh, setup. 
That's probably a bad sign. Command Center 9. Yeah. People who are just tuning in are being cheated by not getting your full wit. When's the Slim name going to come back? Oh, and will I introduce Slim with a clever name? I, yes. I don't know. Instead, now you're doing it like you're Walter Cronkite. I know. I, well, that's, you know, that's we that's got Peter thing. Jennings and, and Walter Michael Cronkite. <laughs> I, it, as soon as I come up with some good Slim names, I'll bring it back. Um, that person that tried to derail the entire segment over here. Yeah. He's, uh, you might have read his, his work in Rations Magazine, right? Right. Uh, yes, hello, TV troop. He's on TV on the YouTube video. If you go to the YouTube.com, it looks like a TV. They, uh, critics hailing it as the kids in the hall of Eastern Pennsylvania. Really? I so would the, take that. That's impressive. Yeah. I would take that. The kids in the hall of Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's funny stuff, though. Really, you're you're a former DC historian. You used to be, you know, on the up and up with DC, and then they remixed it, as you say. And now I'm the new DC historian. Is what happened with your eight month body of knowledge. That's all it takes, apparently, my friend. They've been out for eight months. I am a historian, my friend, and. uh so welcome to the show, Mark Farrington. Ain't nobody dope as me. I dress so fresh, so clean. So oh, fresh and so clean. So clean. Fresh. I think Jesus said that too. Is, is that, like something is that from a rap music Jesus song? 3000. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, at Farrington says on the Twitter, you have, you've been away from the Twitter for a while. What's, what's up with you? Are you okay? I'm doing good. It's just me and social me- media, we're going in different directions. You're drowning. So that means you, you've left Facebook then. Whoa, whoa! One step at a time. One step at a time. Uh, you have I have to ask one step. At how a time. many times a day do you check Facebook? Morning, lunch, breakfast, no night. Eleven Z's. Let's go with five or breakfast. six. Five or six. We'll mm-hmm. go five or six. And okay. how many days a week do you check your Twitter? Let's not bog <laughs> the show down with too much numbers. Sorry, you know I'm. Uh, it's not a math show. Not a math cast. Uh, newsman Peter Jennings of Comics, PJ, OC. Uh, speaking of news. Uh, it's actually remembered, but remember that YouTube clip when Walter Cronkite announced his own death? <laughs> I've that never was, heard of that. You got to, I mean, you got to look happened? it up on look it up on YouTube. It's actually a, fl- it's they called it on camera, but really, yeah, that sounds hilarious. I'll have it, to check that it out. It is amazing. Can we all pause the show and break it up right there? <laughs> um, I got some news here. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what we do here. Thrillbent.com. What is that? Well, you know, Mark Wade, your mother's favorite mother, he <laughs> he writes comics, and he is starting to kind of explore the realm of digital comics. He's actually high on life with it right now. It's That's his thing right now. He's burning bridges left and right. He, yes, he it is. It seems kind of like he is, yeah. Um, Thrillbent.com is his venture into what the digital his digital comics space is going to be. That's going to be his home. He announced that at C2E2. And it's going to be, uh, first him, he's going to be doing like a weekly series on it. And then after a month, he's going to open it up to other folks who might want to explore the digital comic space with him. Cool. Um, Sounds like $2 comics. Yeah, it does. I mean, Whoever you know, made co- that. A collection of... Uh, day. But I just think of it, I mean, it's really cool. And Mark Wade obviously has a lot of thoughts. He's been thinking about this for a long time now. And it's cool that he's was able to find a domain name 
two words that go together. It's an amazing name. (laughs) It sounds like a video game from The Simpsons. You know, that they used to play. It kind of does, yeah. Um, Bone Storm. Real House. (laughs) That is going to open up the uh, doors May 1st. You can't get in it right now. It's coming soon, thrillbent.com. Yeah, it's kind of weak sauce because when you load up the site, it asks for the password. Yeah. Come on, let's get some tech guys on that. Yeah, exactly. Um, But uh, he is pretty excited about it. And if you follow his blog posts, he's posting uh, a couple times a week on, you know, how he's exploring the digital realm and stuff like that. He drops a lot of knowledge. He's a brilliant guy. And I wonder I wonder what kind of bridges he may burn with – I may be reading too much into it, but there's a lot of digital comic websites out there right now. Hmm. Um, so I wonder if this is good because Mark Wade is probably the most prominent name that's going to be exploring digital comics right now. And, uh, you know, maybe if they if they go to him, he can advertise his own site and uh, it can become more prominent and get names of other places out there. Mm-hmm. But I thought about, like, you know, um, other digital comic sites, why he didn't just partner up with them or something like that. Right. That's the that's the question I had. But, I mean, I, the guy knows what he's doing. He's been in comics for 25 years. Yeah, years. he's, like, selling his print collection to fund it. Yeah, he yeah, says yeah, that, that. he's doing it. He's got a huge collection that he's gotten back since he lost it when he was younger, and now he's selling it, which Actually, is crazy to me. I went onto his website just to go through his collection, and he's got some nice little pieces in there, but they're expensive as all get out. Right? Do you think he's just trying to make a point with that more than no, needing I the think, money? I think, think I think he's probably it's probably expensive. I mean, if he's trying to build his own um, digital like. You know, website. He's got to have the bandwidth to sustain however x amount of downloads that could happen on the site and the traffic. I don't know how much all that stuff costs, but it's got to be pretty expensive. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how wealthy. Yeah. Would someone, Jonesy, get your Jonesy, how much get your you abacus have, out get and my tell me calculator get, and out. tell me how wealthy <laughs> someone like Mark Wade would be from being in the comics industry for so long and being Mark. I Wade. can only calculate yearly salaries. How much do you think right. Mark Wade makes, makes a year? in a year? One number? Is it just one number? $109,000 a year. Yeah. That's a very even, specific you number. Bother. You didn't even bother to think. Yeah, I did. Uh, does anyone else agree with that? One hundred nine grand Mark Wade pulls in a year. Who knows? I don't know. The fanboy in me wants to think he makes that much. Maybe he doesn't. How much do you think the... The average writer makes in the comics industry. Well, he most, say most between, of them can't even make. A, I would say between forty and sixty. I dis- I, but you know I'll, what? Though? I'll disagree. Let's keep in mind he was also editor in chief at Boom for a couple years, right. so I'm sure that probably brought him some dough. Most comic writers probably can't even. Uh, wasn't Brian Wood saying that he might have to leave the comic industry because he wasn't yeah. getting enough work? And now, God bless him, he's getting all this Marvel work, so he won't have to leave. That. Alan Heinberg, uh, made famous for Young Avengers, who is also apparently one of the writers on the OC, he said he does comics for his for love. For fun, yeah. And he's, TV is what pays, pays his bread and butter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't think, you know, if you're not like a Mark Wade or a Scott Snyder, I don't know how you do it. And plus, they don't even That's usually tough. get benefits unless they go exclusive mm-hmm. from one of the big com- oh, publishing really? no companies. Oh, really? No pennies either? Yeah. And the pennies. That's family That's benefits. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, I'm excited. You know, I'm I, I'm curious to know how it'll, how it'll do if if he's just going his own route and it'll be like a creator owned thing. Uh, yeah. If it's just going to house like creator owned digital comics, 
Who knows? I, I mean, I, th- I think is that, that is the Mark Wade name going to be enough for people to right. make a profit? I think that's the quite the point I was probably trying to get at with my dumb words. <laughs> Can I just jump here, derail it just a little bit? So that means that the people in the distribution model of comics, on average, make more than the people creating the content. Uh, meaning, I would say meaning so. who? Like who in the distribution? Okay, let's say that. Uh, Diamond Distributors probably has a shipping manager, probably has several on-site managers, probably has, you know, somebody who uh, is a full-time supervisor of deliveries, probably somebody in logistics. And those people are probably making between forty and $60,000 a year, like Mm -hmm. I I thought that most comic writers would make. So if you got a comic writer who's not even making that, that means your models, uh, what do you call it? Screwed up? No, yeah, well, screwed up, but um, <laughs> the pun- upside down, like your models, I guess they call it upside down on your model. Underwater? I can't think of the Taking on water? Term. In the red? In the black? Okay, no let's offense. all stop germinating terms here. <laughs> but Germinating. You know, so that's like saying that the movie theater makes more than the action star of a film. Right. That's crazy. It is pretty nutty. It is, but at the same time, too, that old adage that you hear creators say every now and then is that they don't own the characters. So the guy who's writing those sellout issues of Justice League or Superman doesn't know Superman. I mean, that, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of hands in that pot. I don't know, I mean, it just it just feels like we're killing our own business when we don't reward the people that sustain it. And I know what uh, like a, like Brubaker and stuff. What he does is uh, he doesn't make any money on the book until the back end. Like he'll make deals with Criminal where everybody that works for him, like Sean Phillips, he'll get paid up front and. Uh, and then when the hard covers and the paper and the trades come out, that's when he'll start making his money back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, I'm always I'm always curious to know how much these like, not on my beeswax, but how much do these guys make? Yeah, you know, doing this like we're always talking about how books can be canceled if they don't make like so and so a month or sell any copies. Like I wonder what they're because they a lot of them do like three or four books a month. So maybe mm-hmm. that's how they, they maybe just to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. And I think artists get paid, but maybe by the page count if they're not exclusive, right? And that's why you see so many of them with side gigs and hustles showing up at cons selling their work. Mm-hmm. Makes sense when you gotta feed your family or whatever. Troubling times. We could do. A, I mean, there, there could be a whole podcast about that that logistics kind of stuff, yeah, but you know, uh, that's not a, our podcast. It's a thrill bent of a discussion. As it were, thrill bent. What a callback. But uh, yeah, but to call back real quick, just. Uh, I mean, he, the guy is a possible visionary. He knows what he's doing, hopefully. And we'll see if it's uh, his name is enough to... Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see how it all jiggles out. Do we have time for another uh, news do item? I don't think we do. We're we're going hot and heavy right now. 75 minutes. Sin City 2, real quick. Oh, Jesus. It's going to start filming this summer. Really? Yeah. Wow. Getting, I'm getting agitated. Believe just what I see. About it. Why? Do you hate Sin City? I, no, I just I don't... You hate who's the who's, recor- who's doing this? Is this another Robert R- Rodriguez? Is he doing it? Whatever he calls it. I, oh, I I did hear most of the cast is returning. So really, I don't know if Robbie R- Robbie R is back. Why so long after the first movie? Six years. Who was came cl- out? Who's came clam- out in like oh one? Is there a lot of people clamoring for uh, Sin City two? Josh Hartnett probably could use a <laughs> piece of that. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, he's probably still getting residuals from Hollywood Homicide. Seven years ago was first since it came I out. love that wow. movie. movie is an abomination. <laughs> an absolute... What has Harrison Stop Ford right done now. since Indiana Jones 3? Listen. He did a Jimmy Kimmel yeah. skit. Yeah. Like, that's, that's not a movie. That's, him, that's him on drugs. You loved 
Hollywood Homicide. I watched it with you. <laughs> and I the, the movie is just the, so absurd. When the the love scene comes yeah, up, and he's, and he's eating a donut. It, he's, got, he's eating a donut. And he's got his uh ray, or his um, aviators on. His state uh, patrol yeah. sunglasses on. Come on now, come off it. That movie is gold. Whatever. Um, we need. Um, we we gotta cut this short. He totally no one wants to hear about Hollywood. Robert Homicide. Rodriguez is directing. Frank Miller and Frank Miller and William Monahan of The Departed is writing the script. The Departed. Oh God, what a fantastic movie! That a beautiful was. movie, great movie. We are totally taking a show. We, we did. Remember when we talked about comics on this show? <laughs> Remember when you didn't mess up my news segments? With... <laughs> <laughs> uh, we gotta keep the train a moving. Uh, we talk about what we're reading, you know, together as friends, as hosts, country, and as Mark is an internet celebrity. You know, he graces us with his presence on the podcast. I missed you guys. When are you going to be on Tosh.0? Who knows? Who knows? I'll start it off, if I just may. Get on in there. Ultimate Fantastic Four, Volume 1. Did it just blow your mind? It A did. little bit. It did, yeah, didn't okay. I? You did. I want an ultimate kick. Yeah? I went back and reread the Ultimates 1 and 2. Just had a hot sale on the Comixology. I'd pick it piece. up. I got yeah, but with that, I don't not reading back. The first two issues don't really do it for me until I mean they do it for me, but not until Ultimates? the action heats up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the action heats up, that's when, and when it heats up, that's when I heat up. That's when it. When my especially when briefs get all. <laughs> when Cap wakes up in the present, yeah. and just breaks out of the triskelion. God, but slim the fan. If I can talk for a minute, Ultimate Fantastic Four, Mark Millar and Bendis. We're writing this together with uh, Adam Kubert on pencils. You know, he left uh, Ultimate X-Men to do this. What a team. And I was heartbroken. Because who gives an ass about the Fantastic Four? Nobody. Until this. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, the Ultimate Universe. It takes place in present day. You know, it starts out with, um, it tells the story of young Reed Richards getting bullied. He's a nerdlinger. Nobody cares about him, except his buddy Ben Grimm. Um the but at the very beginning, uh, first of all, art is fantastic. Some of the best Adam Kubert stuff ever made. Really, ever. And That's I'll put it up saying. there with uh, the, his action comics stuff. The first couple issues. Uh, it's it shows him. First of all, the paneling is very strange. They crop off. I don't know why they did it, but the pages are thinner. So like it's. On an iPad, there's maybe like a half inch on the sides, but on these books, it's like a full inch and a half on each side. It's cropped in. Really? I don't That's know strange. why the what are they doing? why the art was like that on this book, but there's a part where he's born and uh, his parents are holding him, and his mom has the blonde hair, and they're talking to him like, "Oh, Reed, you know we're your parents." And there's a sh- like four panels of Reed's eyes, and he's just looking at his mom's blonde hair. And he just like locks eyes and he's like grabbing his mom's blonde hair and he's just like infatuated, like he's infatuated with the blonde hair. And it's like just this one page shows how it's like, oh, that's, you know, this is where it all started when he was a baby and he saw his mother's hair. Did you cry? No, I just thought it was like this brilliant, like, you know, what's his infatuation with Sue? It just, it started at a young age when he saw his mother's ha- blonde hair. It was just like this great, gorgeous moment where he, that's where the obsession started. Mm-hmm. It was cool. And the fact that he's grasping it. So mm-hmm. early, you know. Um, so it's present day. It starts out with Reed as a kid, and he's bullied and terrible relationship with his father. Um, 
and he finally gets accepted into the the Baxter building like you know they the mind uh the what's it called tank think tank think tank so Victor Van Dam is there and he's called Van Dam it's not Von Doom I remember that being so goofy when I read it <laughs> when it first came out <laughs> uh, so he's in it they're all in it together Johnny uh, Sue Ben isn't in it so he wasn't like an Air Force pilot in this version he was just this kid that helped out Reed when he was younger and they don't go into space either they uh, he develops this thing where he can go into the negative zone or just an alternate dimension so he's like sending items there so he's like teleporting things but he, he can't get them back um, so their big project you know years later they create this life size version of it and uh, they're all there together and they're wearing these cool, like, Fantastic Four suits, like, modernized. Um, and Ben is there. He's, like, traveling the world during an off semester. So he's like, hey, I'm here to see your big event. So they're all there, and then something happens, and that's how they get their powers. Wasn't Doom Van Dam in the think tank with yeah, them, too, the, at the accident? Yeah, he was there. That He decided to, like, help Reed work together to, to finalize the, the machine. And then at the last minute... He says that there's a there was like a fix that needs to happen for your formula, and that's what caused the thing to explode. And I ran on the on the, went on the wiki to see like why the panels were different. Man, we're running out of time. The um, they say that Warren Ellis took over after that after they left, and he said that their powers are essentially different dimensional versions of themselves. So when this negative zone machine exploded, this is like they unlocked this alternate version reality of themselves and that's what the powers are for. So like, you know, you're on like a different dimensional plane and you can step into different dimensions. And so like Johnny is like on fire in this other dimension or like that's, that's how he is in another plane of reality. And Uh, that's what, that's what that explains why their bodies are like that. I thought it was great. Oh wow. That's, that's interesting. And so it's not just like a mutation from radiation. Mm -hmm. It's, they're tapping into it, an alternate side yeah. of them. And wow, like, they were really there cool. for a second and like it unlocked that version of themselves. I thought it was fantastic. But I, I remember, I mean, it ended in 60 issues and I think the quality definitely dropped. I, I stopped reading maybe when Alice took over, but back then I didn't know Warren Alice like mm-hmm. as I do now. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to reread it. I came on for the initial six issues Stayed through half of Alice. It got bad quick. And I think the only good thing that ever come from that was Ultimate Fantastic Four gave us the Marvel Zombie stuff. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it was... I could forget all about it. Yeah, it's so weird, like, reading this and then it ends after 60 issues. Like, I'm like, how, how far the mighty have fallen kind of deal. And now Ultimate Reed Richards is the ultimate bad guy in mm-hmm. the Ultimate Universe. Really? No pun yeah. intended. Like, he's the bad guy in the Ultimates. Wow. Yeah, and they went, can't stop him. He went, him. like, crazy and after Ultimatum. Yeah, he was responsible for, partially responsible right. for Ultimatum. <laughs> and uh, so that's it. You know? Actually, let's skip to the book club because we're running out of time. Just kidding. <laughs> he was serious. <laughs> I'm sure. He's so serious right now. <laughs> uh, moving on. Yes, hello, TV star. Uh, Mark Farrington, what are you reading right now? Static Shock number eight by Mark Bernardin, Scott McDaniel, and Andy Owens. Final issue for one of the first books of the New 52 to get canceled. And the damn shame of it is, this was the best issue that they had in the series. Book starts off with Static fighting a teenage villain in New York City. This person has power over technology. She's running rampant. 
And Static is shown as a capable hero who is almost a match for her power, but manages to talk her down. She was bullied. She's hurt. She is feeling rejected because her parents don't appreciate the fact that she's gay. So Static manages to empathize, get the threat neutralized, and goes about his day. He goes to school that morning, and he gets called to the guidance counselor's office. Guidance counselor sits him down and says, you know what, Virgil? You are brilliant. You are late to class if you're there, and you show up with bruises. You fit the profile for something serious. Something's up. Mm -mm. So he just sits down and talks to her about her life. She tries to pull out everything about Virgil. And through this book, you see why Virgil left Dakota. You learn his background. You learn who he is as a character and why you should care about him. Hmm. And it is so infuriating that it took eight issues to get here. One of the biggest things I love about this book is I thought I knew a lot about Static and I learned more. But I'm a huge fan of when comics do parallel dialogue techniques. That's when the characters are talking, but the art is showing something different. So the dialogue will be talking about, oh, I moved to a new place and I made new friends. But the panels they're actually showing is how he got his powers or the new heroes that he meets. Mm. This is the kind of book that I will hand somebody and say, you want to know about Static? Read this. Hmm. And now the book is canceled. Ouch. DC dropped the ball. This was a great issue. Did they know, um, did he have time, the writer, to create this final issue? Or was it just, I know it was canceled canceled as a few months ago but was the issue already in the can or did this is a different writer than was on it previously right it is and i think scott mcdaniel's the only original person left and to answer your question dale i don't know if obviously they knew it was going to get canceled but this isn't that much of a the end it didn't wrap everything up Mm -hmm. but this is the beginning and so it left with them leaving the school and him talking to his friends and it made me mad that i can't go read more yeah, it's one of those things where you just got to think about what happens next. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I can't underestimate how much I would hand somebody this book and say, you want to know about Static, read this. Yeah. Hmm. Good book. Static Shock. Jonesy loves beer. Invincible, issue 90. <laughs> What's with the chuckle? That's like your new Amazing Spider-Man. Or my new Wolverine. <laughs> or Daredevil. <laughs> or Daredevil. I'm, I'm a man of few... You loves. You love anyway, what, you love what we're running like. out of time, Mark. <laughs> uh, this issue uh, takes me for an emotional roller coaster. Uh, Zandale, of course, is uh, taking over the mantle of Invincible, uh, Blood Invincible, if you will. What's and, his name? Uh, Zandale. So he uh, flies out as a member of Invincible's um, security service. That's their side job when you know Mark needs to make some money. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, he stops some evil in the invincible outfit, flies back uh, to where Adam Eve is, you know, needs to be consoled. Oh, yeah. Sitting on a bed, you know, Mark went rogue, and then he's going to die, and Zandale's like, hey, baby, <laughs> maybe I can lay down some invincible for you right here on this bed. Oh, Zandale. So just came right in. Tried, tried to get in on, uh, you know, his Kool-Aid, the invincible Kool-Aid. <laughs> and uh, she wasn't going to have it. Cut to uh, the not-so-secret spaceship of the Viltrumites, which is on the moon. Uh, the Freddie Mercury, Viltrumite King, and uh, Dr. Dinosaur, or uh, is that his name? Or am I thinking Dinosaurus. of Atomic Robo? Dinosaurus, sorry, are in the ship, and they're talking about Mark, and Mark's recovering from the uh, effects of the virus. You bastard. Um, and then they take it in this weird direction where I wasn't... I wasn't expecting 
where um, they kind of foreshadow that um, Mark survived because he's the long lost pure blood of the ancient Viltrumite god or king or something and I don't know did you read this book Slim? Yeah threw me for a loop with that um, part Freddie Mercury like discovers in the process where they're trying to save him from the disease that the, the only reason he survived is because he's got like these long ties or he's it makes in it short sort of sounds like he's the one yeah you know, like he's the one of the Viltrumites that's supposed to lead us like they make him out to be Viltrumite Jesus which but but that upsets Freddie Mercury so that he tries to kill him right like, so that can't be like uncovered by anyone which is kind of crazy because I always thought Invincible was really good at taking everything you thought you knew about superhero comics kind of spinning it on its head so I'm kind of hoping it'll come out as like some red herring or that was never true or something where you know uh, Bob Kirkman can spin it smartly Bobby K. to the re- Bobby K to the yeah. readers but um, that threw me for a loop in this in this issue and I'm I'm back on board Invincible I I really thought it got out of its slump but it's going strong so mm. I don't know I'll, I'll read 91 I mean I'm not gonna not read it <laughs> of who course does, who does the uh, who does the art on that Ryan Otley. Uh, Ryan Otley. That's right. The yeah. King of Gore. King of probably he suing can, Bob Kirkman because he uh, can <laughs> draw a punched in face covered in blood like nobody's business. He's uh, he's one of my he's all good. time favorite writer, uh, artists. Yeah, he's great. who's also good. Uh, his non related protege who did uh, Luther Strode. Tradmore. Oh, love that guy. His art's good too. Dale underscore A. Family man. I'm actually going to uh, talk about Daredevil this week. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Daredevil 10.1. Point one issue. The point this is still issue. happening? Oh, good issue. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm surprised it's still happening, but I'm also happy it's still happening because I think I think if they kept this up, it wouldn't be such a bad thing for new readers. Um, need to be welcomed on board. Can I interject for a second here? Sure. You know that artist? He's going to be taking over Scarlet Spider in this issue. Oh, really? Koi Fam. He is uh, actually going to be at New Co- Free Comic Book Day, Comic Book Shop. No. Day. Yeah? We're going to be bumping elbows with Koi fan. Yeah. 12 to 2, he's going to be there. <sighs> is he really? He's going down? Son of a B word. Too bad. Too bad, Too bad you won't be there. <sighs> yeah. Daredevil, 10.1. Uh, Daredevil, 10.1. So Daredevil got it himself in a whole heap by stealing this Omega Drive, which is a fancy name for some hard drive, and he happened to steal the physical hard drive. Daredevil did? Yeah. That's inappropriate. He, he has the uh, financials and all the um, staffing. It's like an HR issue, basically, Mark, so maybe you can fill me in. Benny's. But, it, yeah, it's got Benny's Benny information. It's got all HIPAA-related rela- HIPAA info on all the employees of five huge crime organizations. Their ledgers, all of their background information, all of those notes that said, this is what we did and this is how we did it. Right. And now, and somehow it all ended up on one big Omega Drive, which is Jeez. which virtually is big. It's created really, by Reed Richards. Doesn't right? have to be big. Was it? Um, yeah, it's got the Fantastic Four logo on it. Yeah, it used to be remnants of an old costume made out of pin particles with its own self-replicating firewalls. Okay. So, and infinite space. I swear, I have a girlfriend. Listen, this is Dale's thanks, review. Uh, thanks. Um, so what? these crime organizations do is they know Daredevil has it and they need to get it back. They all agree that 
they need to work together to get this back. Um, because he, he, the, I don't know what it is. It's like a game of chess. You know, Daredevil knows that they're going to have to get it back, and they have to agree on how they can get it back, by, but not overstepping each other's boundaries. It's actually a really cool interaction between um, five the five representatives of the organizations, and uh, they're in the Latvian embassy in New York, and they're trying to figure out how they could k- take down Daredevil without stepping on the another organization's toes. And they just can't decide on how to do it because somebody might use it a little too much technology or too much magic. And uh, Daredevil's like creeping up in the rafters. He's kind of hanging out up there. And he's like, would you guys just decide already? I know you have to do this, and uh, but I don't don't break rank. Basically, he's saying you guys are you have to you're going to work together to do this, but don't break rank. And one of you try to pee off the other organizations and take me or my family out separately hmm. and uh he basically to to make a uh, WikiLeaks example out of one of the organizations he has read pulled the information of uh the black specter organization off the drive and he sends it to the daily bugle and uh basically so they they take down the daily bugle as they take down the Black Spectre as uh, Daredevil's meeting with these representatives. So uh, he's like, so that's what I did to Black Spectre. The four of you, four of you other guys need to work this out. And I need to take you down, and I'm going to see that I do it. But it's kind of like a chess match because he doesn't want his family or his friends getting hurt if they find out he's Matt Murdock. Right. And uh, it was it was a good point one issue. Hmm. Now, is this part one of the Omega thing, or is it part zero? That's it's actually like a part zero, and uh, I also read Avenging Two, and it's I, this Omega effect is I think it's kind of a weak crossover, mm-hmm. but it didn't sound like earth shattering at all. It just sounded like a yeah, kind of like old school like a storyline that might just have like that corner label in the top exactly. of the comic and like mm-hmm. very back in the day yeah. style, like Avenging want... Punisher. Daredevil. Daredevil or the early titles doing it. There's a term for that in the comic industry, a Red Sky crossover. Shout out to the crisis, meaning all it does, it says it ties into the event, but all it did is have a Red Sky, nothing of content added. Sorry, that was so Sorry. loud. I, yeah, I mean. You're dead to me. They, they pumped it up a lot, but I don't know if that's just today's comics, like you need to promote stuff. Yeah. If it just kind of just happened and you're reading and it just like didn't get promoted. I don't know, do you think it was like height, so you're expecting more, and it's just, just kind of a regular little crossover? Yeah, I think maybe that's it. Um, I think, really, I mean, the only reason Spider-Man is in Spider-Man's title in the story is maybe Daredevil and Spider-Man are friends. But otherwise, I think Spider-Man is the first issue of the Omega Effect, so they could sell more issues of Punisher and Daredevil. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I can see why, because Daredevil is like the highest reviewed book, but it's still not selling like hotcakes. Yeah, it's got like Punisher, too. Yeah, it's got Mucho Eisner nominations, Mm -hmm. top honors. Um, uh, We're running out of time. We are. We need to get to the lightning round right now. uh, Two sentences or less, a book you're reading. Whispers from the Luna Brother. Dale's favorite creative duo. Whispers several months late. I almost forgot this book existed. Colon. 
I'm glad I didn't. <coughs> Amazing Spider-Man 498 through 500 called Happy Birthday. Spider-Man is one of the world's greatest heroes, and this story reminds you why. Easily an essential must-read Spider-Man story for any Spider-Man fan. Got a rebuttal for the, uh, for the uh, fireside. You never remember your rebuttals. Rebuttal. Skull Kickers, 13. This is the best book that you are not reading. Don't let your prejudices against D&D or uh, medieval stories stop you from reading this incredible uh, groundbreaking title. Scotch. Dale. My name is Dale. Dale. Sorry. Um, Scotch underscore A. (laughs) Random acts of violence. What? This train, there's a train <laughs> horn back there. It's throwing me way <laughs> off my game. Um, and Slim. Um, two comic book horror writers make it big in the industry only to have a super fan act out the scenes in real life. It should have <laughs> been called Random Acts of Awful. Baltimore The Curse Bells Mike Mignola uh, He's a he's a good dude You know He's the best he's Michael the best. Golden Is it Michael Golden? Christopher Golden Christopher Golden mm-hmm. uh, Baltimore You ever heard of this guy Mark? Before this? No I haven't He's a vampire hunter you know, don't don't judge just yet, everybody. Please, please. You know, vampires, uh, blah, 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 vampires, uh, no one cares. Baltimore is a different kind, you know? He's a depressed guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a, he's missing a leg. He's got a peg leg. He does. It's yeah. the worst kind of leg. Um, Who wants to tell uh, a little bit about Baltimore? I'm looking you just at want me to do uh, it? Gen Z loves beer. Maybe a little less than your previous explanation. Okay. <laughs> so um, following up with the breakneck pace of uh, Baltimore the Plague Ships, which sets up the story of Lord Baltimore, who is a bewidowed, legless vampire hunter. <laughs> God bless uh, <laughs> Touched by both sounding. great good and evil. Uh, following the trail of the vampire who did all these evil things to him, Hagus, is that how you pronounce it? Hagus, Hagus. Yeah, I think so. Hagus. I say the, Hagus. Uh, the vampire that he took his eye, so they both have animosity towards each other. So, the curse bells um, finds Baltimore uh, tracking Hagus around Europe, and he goes into a small town where he finds a local reporter journalist who is documenting the vampire plague which is ripped through Europe from the previous volume and they kind of strike up a relationship uh, a pretty girl saunters up to Baltimore and is like hey I love your bald head angry face and peg leg and then he shoots her he knows she's a vamp he's blessed he can see when people are evil and uh, he finds that that town is host 
to these um, zombie vampire-like nuns who were were part of a cloister that got taken over by the plague, and by a armchair warlock who is seeking to bring back this ancient witch by mixing it with the blood of Haggis, and he hopes to curse the cathedral's bells so that anyone in earshot of these bells will become a slave to him. And in a really cool kind of way, it paves the way for what will eventually become Hitler in World War II. If you read the first volume, you'll understand that this takes... Um, the premise of this whole universe that Mike Mignola sets up is that World War One was so earth-shattering that it stirred up all this ancient evil that had been resting for, you know, millennia. But because World War One was such a, a great change in life, it woke up all this bad stuff. And um, Baltimore is one of the few people that is taking up arms to kind of get life back to normal. And he's just on this revenge tear to go after this vampire. So I won't spoil the ending because it is a cliffhanger for the next volume. But um, it's just... I have I actually wanted to make a couple notes while I was reading it, and I'll I'll share them right now before I hand it off to Slim. Uh, I thought that this this volume, much like the first one, it makes you feel like the Earth spins because Baltimore's feet is moving. Uh, that that's a really poetic way to put it. But every panel, it feels like he's just like making this world go. And he's breaking through every page to get the story told. And I thought it, it reminds me a lot of Raiders of the Lost Ark or The Last Crusade, Indiana Jones stories, where it has this very off-center interpretation of a cult or, or vampires or devils. And it's very old-school serialized storytelling. And you just you're not getting a bad page panel or sentence out of this book. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Baltimore. The Curse Bells. Uh, let's take a moment and just get in my normal weekly uh, fellatiating of Dark Horse numbering. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. So this is a this is Baltimore in his own little new series. So it starts at number one, but inside you turn that first page, it says number, number seven in a series, number eight in a series... Even though the main numbering is like number one of five of six, is yeah. it six or five? five? Five, five, two of five. Great way to bring in new readers. You don't have to read the first. Like, how many people like wouldn't pick up Baltimore if this was number six in a in number six from the cover? Baltimore mm-hmm. number six, never. Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, especially like <laughs> even the mid lower numbers. It's kind of like, well, yeah, I I should read the first five issues first. Before mm-hmm. I read number six or number seven, before yeah number seven because the first issues first series was six, mm-hmm. but it's almost like even more intimidating than issue fifty. Oh, yeah. issue fifty is there. I could I could maybe read issue fifty, but number seven, it's a, a little tougher. Yeah. Oh God, just I will not rest until every comic publisher does the numbering like Dark Horse. Um, but yeah, another great short story. Like I, I view this as like a short story. You know, these little five issue um, of Baltimore continuing a search for Haggis, Haggis, as I call him in my head. Yeah. 
and um, just a battered dude. You know, his wife was murdered in front of him by Haggis, um, and he's he's driven totally by revenge. And he barely cares about anything else. Mm-hmm. Like the the nuns in this in this cloister convent, whatever you want to call it. You know, they're not like he sees this. There's a couple of scenes where he sees this going on. And, like, one of them is, like, you know, in, like, torturing themselves. Like, they have, like, the burn marks of the crosses on their head. And he's, like, it's almost like he doesn't even care. He's, like, where is Haggis? Like, yeah. I don't even care about you right now, yeah. you dying nun that is torturing yourself. But how great was a twist that, oh, I'm sorry, all the nuns weren't evil. They were so holy and loved God so much they hated themselves because they had turned this way. Mm-hmm. They weren't. Like you thought they were just gonna be evil zombies, you know? Then yeah, you know, let's kill everything. But they're like they're oh, so. I they were they were driven because they were promised repentance and right. and mm-hmm. a, and a clean soul in the end. But they were just being used. Yeah. Um, I I you know this is another one that I blew through. You, you just start reading and you just feel like continuing on, and that's like the best compliment you can give a a comic book. Yeah. Um. But Bal- yeah, I mean, and and this is you know this is a standalone miniseries, but you still, you know, you you see, you want to see Baltimore continue on and find his adversary. You know, you, it's a it's an odd place because you see Haggis in this story, and he's you know he's been kidnapped and he's being used by this armchair warlock, and uh, and it, it took me aback because it's like the second arc, and you see the villain is like in it, but he's in a totally different position. And through the story, you see him, he, like, still has the upper hand against Baltimore, you know, mentally and otherwise. And um, it's it's just great stuff. I thought that was a, a fantastic way of being able to drive the story between Baltimore and Haggis along, but it not constantly be a cat and mouse because Haggis was in a predicament of his own. But they found a way to where Baltimore was still after Haggis, but there was all this other stuff going on around him. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, uh, you know, Dust Till Dawn or something where they come in, terrorize a town, and, yeah. and Baltimore's after him. And I, th- I just thought that was such a fantastic sport story, especially so early. I mean, this Haggis, I'm sure the Haggis storyline can't go on forever, but if, if, if it was something like this every time, yeah, it, it certainly could. The, uh, the how about the ca- the character that you know he goes into that bar and he sees that dude talking about vampire stuff like he's a know it all and yeah. Baltimore walks in and he's obviously the king s yeah. of vampire killing he just like barely even gives the guy you know two cents of his own opinion about it he just keep, keeps letting him yap and then he kills a vampire right in front of him and the guy just like <laughs> pisses yeah, himself I love, I love that whole uh, that whole scene yeah where she come up uh, she comes up and hits on him. Mm-hmm. And he just like points the gun at her, and you're like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and yeah. then, but then you find that, yeah, come to find, she's a vampire. Uh-huh. Just Mark, what? Now you said last week that you didn't. Your two negatives were period pieces and the occult. So this is probably not up your alley again. Anything set in the time that isn't now, anything with any kind of magic, right? You hate the past. The past yes. I hate. So that made it easy for me not to read this book. And the room goes silent. I did read it. That joke never gets old. Um, Jonesy was about to high five you. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, yeah, I did say that last week that period pieces and the occult turn me off, and they do. Having said that, I think I also said last week that I couldn't find the hook in the six gun. I found the hook in this, and the hook was 
This was your straight-up action revenge story. It had a very, I don't know, get Carter payback feel where you just watch this main character who's cool as ice with all of this passion in his eyes saying, I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to find him. Everything else in the world is second to finding this guy. Mm-hmm. I think there was even a panel where he said that I'll do what I can to help people who need me, but that's not my first priority. My yeah. first priority yeah. is to get this guy. He says it flat out yeah. in his own words. Um, so with that hook in and me being able to get it from page one, I enjoyed this. Hmm. My biggest draw with the book, no, my biggest knock against the book is Baltimore was the most interesting person to me in the story. I found that I cared the most about the story when he was on panel. Those were the parts that I was just flipping through. But everything else, it was, all right, wonder when I'm going to see Baltimore again. Hmm. Like, I love that scene you were talking about where he's in the bar. They're talking about vampires from the townie know-it-all. And Baltimore sits down, orders whiskey, and somehow he strikes up a conversation with somebody where they say that vampires are gruesome. That's when the female vampire hits on him. And while he's looking at this guy, he turns, points his gun to the female vampire and says, not all of them are that gruesome. Shoots her. All right. That was Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Baltimore is consistently the coolest person in the room. And by the end of the story, I found myself much more curious about Baltimore's origin than whether or not he'll get Haggis. Go back and read The Plague Ships because it's, The Plague Ship is one of my favorite volumes. What did it come out? 2010? Yeah, that might yeah, be, yeah. top that. ten books came out in twenty ten. Uh, one thing I love about not that I remember all the books that came out in twenty ten. <laughs> one thing I love about um, Mignola when he structures his story, it seems like to me that he pitches these great horror settings that we love to see in movies, but then makes him part of his Baltimore series. Like you remember the plague ships where they end up in the um, submarine graveyard. Like, how cool would that be if we could see that visually on a movie? Mm-hmm. Like, the action take place in a submarine graveyard from World War One, And the same thing here. It's like a cloistered church full of zombie nuns that hate themselves. Like, that yeah. could be a B-movie horror movie that people would go see, but he's going to pluck it into this story. It just... Everything about this book is just so well thought out. I don't, I don't think I ever give... I, like... I never think about it, but I think I should think about it more. Mignola is so good at at creating those interesting pieces with all his works. Hellboy, I mean, even the underground um, stuff that happens under the streets in Hellboy and the and the uh, scenarios that they find himself in, Baltimore, BPRD, Lobster Johnson. It's all like he has this certain something about each setting in the book that is just like the coolest thing ever, like the submarine graveyard post-war Europe in this it's uh it's he's got so much gone gone for him and he tends to be able to surround himself with people that almost like constantly convey that Mignola look and that imagery which I I don't find gets old for me like the uh Christopher Golden does does the art in this but I don't uh, know he's the co-writer Oh, is the co-writer Ben Stenbeck? Yeah. Oh, oh Stenbeck does the art, and Dave mm-hmm. Stewart does colors. Right. And that's and the colors in this book are the perfect example of a Mignola book. They're all like that, but they're all, I mean, they're all great. The color usage in all of his books, he just he seems to be able to work with people or pick them out, and they know immediately what he they must know immediately what he wants in a book. Yeah, every one of like the the Hellboy Universe books have like the same vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no matter what. Does that, this take place in the same universe as Hellboy? I don't think so. I don't okay. know. Oh, I'm not sure. Um, I'll just say yes. And the also it seems like it would. 
and the also the uh, the other character, the Inquisitor. Oh, oh yeah, well, I forgot to talk about him on the hunt for Baltimore. He was really cool because he is. There is no gray area. There's black and white. You sin or you do not sin, and if you sin, you pay for your sins. And uh, he is on the search for Lord Baltimore because Baltimore has been touched by evil. Right. But uh, one part I thought was good that was a great segue into the uh, – it isn't the cliffhanger, and it's not really a spoiler, but it kind of sets you up for kind of like where he's going to take the book is when they try to use the spell on Baltimore in the last issue, but they find out that no magic will work on him. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. like, oh, it won't work on him. Why? And when they try to explain it, they're like, well, he's been touched by great evil, but also by great good. Mm-hmm. And you, like, I was like, wait a minute. And I was trying to figure it out, but it's like, all right, is this going to be explored in a greater character arc of why magic doesn't work on Baltimore? Or why, you know, it, it's not really magic in this universe is what, what I like, too. It's almost like uh, the preacher's power of persuasion. It's mm-hmm. not like... You know, drop a skeleton in a in a cauldron, and you're going to get a spell effect. It's it's kind of like the same mat, the same sorcery or something that used used in that show Carnival. Yeah, like it's the same kind of religious. There's a lot of religion religion to the power. Exactly. And uh, I wonder. I don't remember the book now, but there was a the the novel is what kicked the Baltimore off. There's a whole novel. It's called Baltimore, the Tin Soldier, and something else. Um, Also known as the Tin Soldier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I wonder, I can't remember if he was, that was definitely addressed. I know that's where his family died and stuff like that. Mm. But, uh, I mean, what a great second arc to the comic. I I remember I didn't even realize that, like, the second arc, where I asked you about if the second arc was done yet on Dark Horse, because I wanted to grab the issues. Oh, yeah. So now, I think it ended maybe, like, a couple months ago. So we grabbed the I grabbed the bundle on Dark Horse, like this is kind of like BPRD is, like I wonder what the what's the maybe number in a series that's up to now. But I like I like Baltimore because like we kind of got it on the ground floor of yeah. like a new universe. So yeah, now we're able to follow know, it. Get, yeah, follow it from the beginning. Yeah, because I know even BPRD it's got to be up I think in the issue forties or something like yeah. that. There's a lot because even I bought a huge bundle sale they were having. There was like 35 issues in that. Um, but yeah, I just can't wait. And they say, and it does say in the, uh, the print versions, the, uh, the letters section, mm-hmm. the letter section is first. It's called post war, which is cool. Post. Uh, that's cool. Post war. war. I forgot about the inquisitor, but he was uh, a yeah. BA, but they do say they're going to continue the, uh, issues. So good. So we good. Can, I, we can't wait here. Paper gag for the <laughs> yeah. next Baltimore series. And we have a final thought on uh, Baltimore as we move I, on. I just want to say that I think Baltimore is such a cool character because Baltimore is what he, what you see is what you get with Baltimore. I mean, he doesn't have he doesn't need this air of mystery about him to be cool or something. He is he is running purely on vengeance at this point, and uh, he just arms himself with uh, that big A spear. And I just think that it it works for him so well. It, there, there doesn't need to be any sort of uh, mysticality or mm-hmm. a seedy past that you don't know about. I think for him as a as a soldier, originally as a soldier in the war, he's just fighting the good fight, and now he's just built on vengeance to avenge his family. And what you see is what you get with him. Yeah, he reminds me of like um, how do I want to phrase this? But the character, like, think about your pop up that was in the war. Like, he probably did some S, 
He did what he had to do. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't talk about it, didn't brag about it, didn't cry about it. Right. He just did what he had to do. Yeah. And Baltimore is that old school vet who's like, all right, well, I'm going to have to get my revenge. I'm not going to cry about it. You know, I'm not going to have to lean on somebody. I'm just going to kind of pull mm-hmm. myself up and then mm-hmm. tear A. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. <laughs> we got your letters. I'm going to open them up. Farrington's going to read them to you. Letters at paperkeg.com. You know, we'll read the good ones. You know, when we record. Make them good, people. Um, shorter is better. Just a tip. Mark, did we get any letters this week? We got a couple, and I spoiled one last week on the fireside chat from Bert in Fishtown. But in case he didn't listen, here's your letter, Bert. It's asking, what's the story for Free Comic Book Day? Who's all going to be there? Bert. Bert. Um, listen, Bert. We probably won't have a final roster until Free Comic Book Day. Uh, that's all I can say about that. Dale and I... We're definitely going to be there. We'll be there. Special guest. Super fan Beth Corto. She's going to be there. Confirmed? Confirmed. Sweet. Yeah, you Confirmed. don't even need us. <laughs> we made we made the Beth Corto plans after you guys bailed out. So. <laughs> well, listen... I didn't bail. I let you know many episodes uh, ago. We might all be going out for drinks after. You know, yeah. if you want to hang out, tweet, high five. Tweet at us. There's a, uh, there's a pub down the street. I love pubs. We'll get some times together. Get some wings. You know? Pubs and wings. Wing pubs. Wing pub. If you want a million dollar idea, there you go. Next up from Charles. Wondering what our thoughts are on Avenging Spider-Man number six. Charles loved the art. Felt the story lacked what the other issues have had up to this point. The story seemed forced, disjointed, compared to the other ones in this series. Uh, I read six. That I'll take the point on that. Um, I I thought it was definitely because Avenging is a hot title. They made it a tie-in issue so you could get into the Omega um, story arc. Actually, Dale mentioned earlier this episode that was the reason basically it happened, so they could sell issues. Um, but I liked it just because I love Spidey and Daredevil's bromance, and I love Zeb Wells' inner Spider-Man monologue. I could read that all day long. So I guess I can't really give you a true picture because I'm going to pick it up no matter what. I, the only thing I think was well, actually Zeb Wells didn't write it though. That's oh, wasn't oh, it? Was, it was Rucka, oh, and, Rucka and Wade co-wrote it. Gosh. Um, the, I felt that it Bogus. the first five issues of Avenging kind of felt like they had this vibe to them. It was like more of a, I don't know, want to say fun, that's an easy word, but I don't, I'm not big on words. Um, and this issue kind of broke up that vibe. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that was for good or bad, it was definitely a tie-in issue, and it just kind of felt a little jammed in there in the middle of all the rest of the Avenging titles that mm-hmm. have been out so far. My only beef with this issue was it was a thin reason for Spider-Man to be involved. Because basically Reed Richards tapping him on the shoulder and saying, hey, you're friends with Daredevil. Would you mind hollering him for a minute? I yeah. can use a favor. <laughs> and then all hell breaks loose. And the other problem with it, too, is the four of us in this room, none of us read Punisher. So we don't know what the other side of that crossover, how it started. So we're all just kind of thrown into the middle of it. That being said, it's the first part of a three-part series. So I'm in it till the end. I have read the last two issues of the Punisher. 
and they're fantastic. Really? Greg yes. Rucka. You can't go wrong mm-hmm. with him. I have read them. Can't confirm. He does. There's Wolverine issues that we should do a book club on. <sighs> Let's see. We got one more from faithful listener catcher saying he's writing in because he's having a discussion with a friend and he's trying to explain to her the epicness that is boned by Jeff Smith. Wants to know if we've read it and what our thoughts are. And he thinks that the collected edition would be quote unquote super awesome for episode five. Assuming we make it there. Episode five. Seventy five, excuse me. Episode seventy five. Five episodes. I don't know. Bone. I have I don't think I've ever read Bone. I have none. I've never read Bone either. I've heard that is amazing. I have heard that as well. Everyone whose opinion I respect on comics is it's a must read. Yeah. But what does Jonesy think? I have also never read Bone. But uh, I hope it's not one of those This is where we get those tweets, uh, take their license away. They never read Bone. <laughs> oh, they're weak in the industry. Or hang on. You guys just don't know what you're talking about. Shut it down. Shut paper cake down. I quit. As much beef as we got on the transmit letters, I don't know if I want to read both. Yeah, Don Garvey still has that voodoo doll of me in his office. (laughs) And what about I get like a random knee pain? What about since no one but Slim knew who Paul Smith was or whatever? Oh yeah! Oh my God! You would have thought I uh, I told you that was going to be a black eye in this podcast. It was amazing. You know what What was that? Gobo and black eye on the podcast. You know. Sorry, Paul's, sorry, Paul's, your spinoff isn't as popular as the original. Listen, you don't have to Paul go Smith reaching. Is an icon in the history of Uncanny X Men. I do not doubt that. I love Paul icon. F. Smith. This I even his middle initial F. We almost Paul, lost wait, show artist on, on our Transmit podcast. Paul Smith, Jeff Smith, Bone. It all it's, makes some we've kind come of sense. full circle. Or the worst. Okay. What uh, an episode. Good episode. You know, Paul Smith, uh, I'm sorry we have uh, soiled your name in such Solid, a way. If you will. We've soiled it I know forever. You, I know you only did those three epi- three issues of X-Men that time. So You're going to tweet <laughs> Paul Smith to listen to the show. I wish he was on Twitter because I would follow him and stalk him constantly. Paul Smith. Jumpy probably talked about him. Then your account would get hacked and that would be that. We don't want that to happen again. What a show. Good show. PK fifty six or fifty five? Fifty five. Next week. <laughs> By the way, I don't want you to ever change this outro music. I don't care who is rallying. You mean at Riza? Yeah. You guys didn't change your outro with, music. Might as well quit the show. Not Shut safe for work uh, tweets. I don't click on anything he links to. It's too dangerous. It is too dangerous. Uh you know, you get a free five minutes. You know, you're Mark Farrington. You're leaving work at 9 a.m. for the day. Give us a review on iTunes. Yeah? We love reviews on iTunes. We have the best reviewers on iTunes. Yeah, we, we do. do. Yeah, we uh, do. Jonesy still owes someone a sketch, I think, don't you? As soon as he tells me what he wants, he, he, I'll drive it that. to him. He's done that. No, he has not. <laughs> I know. For fact, he's done that. <laughs> uh, no, he has not. Maybe we'll be back next week. Is this... Uh, this is this next 56 thing. <laughs> what, what will the time frame be for Free Comic Book Day? Was this the last episode before or what? It may be, yeah. No. Okay. Yes, because this no. will April 30th. Why do we even listen to Gen Z back? No, you are both know. wrong. I'll report that on Fireside Chat. I'll have the okay, dates. Okay, Fireside, we'll talk about it. Let's talk about how right I am on no, Fireside Chat. God, you're fired. Damn.
Free Comic Book Day. What's the dates? Is this the last episode before that? No, actually, there's going to be one more the week of April 30th. There will be another episode before Free Comic Book I didn't, Day. I didn't turn his mic back up yet. Jonesy 2, Universe 587. Long until Jonesy realizes his mic isn't on. <laughs> this is, uh, he gets what he deserves. Uh, let's talk about what I have in my list for the Fireside Chat. I have a few talking points that I want to get into. Is it a Fireside Chat if you come with notes? Look at Jonesy over there. You ever heard a Fireside Chat with him before? Yeah. Please. Am th- I still mic down? Mic me back up. Guy has a thesis for Gentlemen, every Fireside please Chat. Please join me as I <laughs> list what I have been... Top 10 comics of 2010 <laughs> as follows. You know what people are asking me, Slim? <laughs> <laughs> we had a dis- heated discussion earlier on uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes about how great the intro is. The cartoon, and, uh, right? That's correct. Um, the episode with Bucky and Cap, you know, when they're storming the castle. Right. That first segment, I said, is on a Batman the Animated Series level, and you were insulted. I cried a foul. Hmm. That is wronger than wrong. Why? It's, name five reasons why. I can name five episodes that are nowhere near as good. That, He's just talking about that, the one episode. That is yeah, not you're, even... You're bringing up... <laughs> Okay, five reasons. Inquisitor. Voice cast, not as good as B-T-A-S. B-A-S. B-A-S. Mm-hmm. Backgrounds, coloring, art direction. That makes the episode, the (laughs) backgrounds. No, it doesn't. Yes. No. The clear, the green backgrounds, you know, the shadow play of the characters fighting, that makes the entire episode. When was the last time you watched this episode? I watch it like once a week. It's so good. Guy has no cable. He's watching it every day. Oh, that's <laughs> all I have let is him. Netflix. Let, let him. Let he's him got three more. He's got three, three more to go. Uh, musical score. Shirley Walker, hands down, all day. Oh, God. Who knows? <laughs> the music. <laughs> Shirley Walker. The music. He always brings up <laughs> Shirley Walker whenever we talk about Batman the Animated Series. That's like you his back pocket not, answer. You can't not tip your hat. She probably to the gave music. him something free at a con. Someone brings up guy, the Animated right? Series to Mark Farrington. He pulls out Shirley, Shirley Walker, Walker and then he just flaps his big dong all over and their then face. I walk off the stage. What? Right. Dropping the mic. That's, I still have two more. Six music nerds somewhere are just <laughs> freaking out right now. Yeah, right. Shirley Walker. I wonder if Andrea Romano is listening. Let's see. No repercussions, no fallout from the episode. I'm pretty what? sure. I'm pretty sure Cats America is frozen in ice <laughs> for 60 years. They, it's the Avengers. They had to. <laughs> but those are repercussions. Would you like to uh, bow out and say that you are have failed miserably at the top five? No, because at no point has Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, as of yet, done anything to compare to Batman the animated series. That was hands down the greatest cartoon out there. Look at him throwing his hand down like hologram yeah, Tupac over here. <laughs> Loved it. Hologram says over here. <laughs> Hologramington. Easily. Best cartoon. Now, I'm not saying that the Avengers hasn't been good, but it's just not on that Batman level yet. Everyone, you but you can't even take one episode that he's saying is one good. One segment. He hasn't named one five. Segment. He's not saying. <laughs> I'm aware, Jonesy. I'm aware. <laughs> one segment. That was it. Everyone who's listening right now, go to your Netflix app on your Xbox, iPad device, and go watch the Captain America Bucky 
episode. After that, watch any random episode of Batman the Animated Hang on. Series. Name the fifth reason, Mark. <laughs> you missed the part where you let me gracefully bow out. No. And write this... And write the show and tell us why which one is better. So you're saying there's no bad episode of Batman the Animated Series? Nah, I wish I could say that. Oh, I'm just checking uh, letters at paperkeg.com email address. Yeah. Um, Shirley Walker just emailed in and said, leave her name out of it. <laughs> she must have been pissed, too, to write that from the grave. Actually, Walker. she does the music on Avengers. Way to do your homework. <laughs> is that her singing? That's right. Yeah. The world's about to break. I'll count that as a win, and I accept your apology. Does anyone have a... Wait, we had another rebuttal, I think. To your what was your you had round? a rebuttal, Amazing uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Happy Birthday. Oh yeah, what was the was that the hologram covers? No, that wasn't that one. Mm-mm. What was that? You're era? all fired up for it now. You can't even talk about it. No, I wasn't. I was because I remember that era where they had the uh, the blue cover and the center was it was like his thirty fifth. That was or all. T- that was the clonage stuff. Oh yeah, that's the with the green cover and the red yeah. cover. Each one had a hologram and it also yeah. had a gate foil a, like a fold out poster. In widescreen? I remember them No, the one I'm talking about is the 500 cover with oh, okay. J. Scott Campbell did it. I was it. thinking way back. I think I, maybe that, what I'm thinking of is like number 375. Yeah, that was back when Ben Riley came back and they were fighting over who was going to be the, the real Spider-Man, quote unquote. Oh, I found, I meant to take a picture of it. I was moving and I found the uh, cover where Ben Riley takes over Spider-Man and like Spider-Man and Mary Jane are swinging to the sunset. I have that one too. It's like a see-through cover where it's like plastic, and you like peel the front off, and it's just Spidey and Mary Jane swinging. So weird. How how impossible is it to pack your comic books up for getting ready for a move? Because you end up going through every single one. You have to. You just like sit and like reminisce for ten minutes, and then your wife is barking at you because (laughs) you don't get you haven't gotten anything done in three hours. But I have so many that aren't bagged and boarded yet. Oh, oh, yeah, see, and they're are just you sitting bagging on my desk. and boarding them before the move? Well, I don't know. That Probably takes a not. long time. Yeah, it does. I, I think because you're gonna have to stand and read them as you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. A lot of them I can like. I found all my original Ultimates in the long box. Oh yeah. So I was just like weaseling through there. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I remember buying these, and then you lose like three hours that way. Mm-hmm. Do you find? Because I've had to pack up my comics on more than one occasion. Do you find that you remember where you bought those comics and what was going on in your life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's amazing yeah. how just the single cover, it's like, I bought that when I first moved to Pennsylvania at Comics and More in Plymouth Meeting. Right. I remember um, back when I shopped at that one comic shop in Willow Grove. Comics A to Z. No. No. Or the one that should not be named. And uh, I remember the Old Man Logan run when that was happening. Oh, yeah. And uh, one of the nerdlingers was talking about the reveal as I walked into the store. You know, the big <laughs> reveal as to why Wolverine is the way he is in that storyline. Nice. I walked in as they were describing it. I was just, I wanted to burn the entire comic shop down. <laughs> I don't believe you. At wow. that moment. It's actually I think no I, longer in the same location. I think I texted Dave as I was leaving, and I think that was like the, that was the one of the first reasons why I started to just not like that shop anymore. I think you would have been justified because that was single-handedly one of the greatest it was. reveals yeah. in a long time. It's all coming back to you now. <laughs> it is. That hardcover's right behind me. Old As Man you Logan. massage it. I did. I never read it. You never read Old Man Logan? I've never read it. I had the hardcover too, Dale. That's what you feel. I have to read that. Did you will, ever I'm, hear this reveal? I might have to I'm press s- my flower inside I'm of it. I'm seconds away from gifting you that book on Comixology, like right now. I don't, don't think I know. Don't spoil it, I don't think I know the spoiler now. Don't. Don't do it. I, I might, no but, um, Did anyone else have any rebuttals? 
Never rebuttals. Uh, but my wife is very excited to see the Avengers film. We planning on doing a paper cake outing, perhaps. Probably I didn't have it in the calendar. We could, he's gonna be in Vermont. No, if I'm that special day. training in <laughs> Wisconsin. Nah, I'm going to a. Yeah, I'll tell you I'm set. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll I won't tell you where I am. Yeah. There's a bar slash movie theater locally that I was gonna go try to see. It where? Oh, wait, wait here. Uh, where's there uh, one in Virginia? He's gonna make. Oh, it where yeah, is I've it? been there. My brother um, lives near there. No, not that one. It's out in. It's actually true. Downingtown, maybe. Oh, might go there on a Sunday. That's a movie tavern. Before I didn't think anyone, any of them existed in the state because that was like my brother and I's idea. He lives in Arlington, and they have a like a cinema draft house, and it's that's so the cool. greatest thing I've ever been to. That's exactly it, and it's also a Smart Cow's birthday weekend, and she actually wants to see it for her birthday, so it mm-hmm. works out well. Wow, yeah, best I, girlfriend ever. I got lucky. Question mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that comes out in a couple weeks. I went to one of those draft houses in Bahaba, Maine. Is it amazing? Cool? It was amazing up there. Amazing. It's so great. just like two two seat tables, or you just get beers and food. Co- yeah, a couple of seat tables. They got different variations. It's just a like a recommissioned movie theater with her with like a, a, a kitchen, so you eat food and watch a movie. And but you generally get silence. You can enjoy the film. Mm, depends. Yeah. There's some like they have like the one time I went they had my brother wanted to go see the Sklar Brothers. At like this sit of a draft house, uh, so that's when we were there, and like it's just a great, fantastic atmosphere. I want to cool. go see uh, Zatoichi, the blind swordsman. <laughs> Hoity toity over here! Yeah, yeah really. Cardi Val. It's a Japanese. Is bro. that Dark Horse? <laughs> Sorry, this guy. Sorry, can't be trolled. Can't be trolled, bro. Yeah, I think uh, there's actually a comicsology outing to go see it. Nice. Is that true? I heard rumor that you guys are shutting down the office to go see it. I can neither, neither confirm, confirm nor deny. The stockholders can't listen to this. Burn the tape. <laughs> the validity of that board statement. members. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually uh, I'm actually taking Thursday and Friday off of work. Midnight showing. Midnight showing Thursday. We are watching all the Marvel movies during the day up until that. Wow. Actually, Midnight he's showing. not taking off. That's the company that's doing that's, it. Yeah. Is, he, is, that, is that work? Tom Garvey's going to take like, pictures of they, lights. Is there a theater around, or are you guys just watching it? No, we're just watching it at my house, me and my buddies. You nice. guys are welcome to come. If nah, you... that's cool. I mean, we weren't invited initially. No, you're so. po- I'm inviting you now. Your buddies, your real friends. is not a saying. big deal. Because you won't take all four for <laughs> me like anyway. real life keg. Some other alternate bizarre versions of us <laughs> that he hangs out with. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I live two hours away, so it's believe me, it's not is, uh, uh What's your buddy's Damien? What's yeah, your... Donovan. Yeah. <laughs> He's wow. Donovan at Juno. dot com. <laughs> Juno. Oh my god. Will the Hulk be in there? Not Incredible Hulk, but will the Hulk be in that movie watching day? Yang Lee. It's no. actually just Hulk. Yeah. Is there enough time in a day? Just the Incredible Hulk. That's a good one. So That's we, a good so you gonna watch the X Men trilogy? No, just I, the just the Avengers movies. Oh, oh god, okay, okay. I didn't know if it was all Marvel films. Oh uh, yeah, no. Just That's a weekend. So just Iron Man, Marvel. Iron Man two, Thor, Cap, Incredible Hulk. Hulk. The I just watched Thor the other day for the second movie. time. I want, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Captain America The First Avenger is maybe the best Marvel movie yet. Hmm. And I loved X2. Don't get me wrong. X2 was probably my, my favorite X-Men movie. X2 kind of, is kind of long. But as, as far as execution of origin story and overall cast and acting, Cap, 
Cap yeah. and then Thor. I did saw. you see the director's cut of Daredevil? Yes, I did. Actually made it a whole other movie. It actually made it good. Yeah, I wish they would release that in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. The it's whole scene movie. where he uh, jumps in the guy's Mercedes oh, and figures it. out that, uh, loved it. that because he has a pacemaker that he that he has to be lying. That was a great scene. Would have made the movie for me. And the subplot when uh, he's trying to defend this. Coolio. Yeah, Coolio, yeah. who is wrongfully accused of a crime and Daily went back to the kingpin. Stale, no, stale I remember I agree vehemently, and I remember going into that comic shop uh, one day and bringing that movie up, bringing like, hey, you ever see the director's cut? It's like 100 times better. And then the guy was like, 100 times zero is still zero. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no wonder why you never go to this place. This it was like, Beardo, wasn't it? No, this was a different, this was, I can't remember what the nickname I gave this guy. This sounds like every cli- every bad cliche of a comic shop. Yeah, yeah. that is terrible. <laughs> if, if you guys live up near this area, Wade's Comic Madness in Levittown, free comic book day, they go all out mm-hmm. for that. What that about, what about our show sponsor? Oh, I'm saying if you live up in Willow Grove, oh, Levittown yeah, area, yeah. but you should be coming to the comic Willow book Grove, shop. Willow Grove nowhere near Levittown, but I guess when you live <laughs> in New Jersey, it's close enough. It's like Audubon. Dale lives like it's nine hours away. Hoboken. You know, guys always busting my Ohio is closer. And we wonder why we didn't get invited to Marvel Movie Day at Dale's house. <laughs> I know. You're constantly on my ass. I'm sorry. You know? We're, we we kid because we love. No, you don't. I just want my... The world's about to break ringtone that Slim's going to make for I, me. I need to get on that. I'm going to need that by tomorrow. Please, thanks. <laughs> the important thing is by the end of the first weekend in May, we'll be back and we'll have all seen the Avengers and we can talk the hell out of that movie. Oh, man. That's, I'm pumped. We're not going to do a show until a week after Avengers. Oh, we might have to schedule a uh, a show. A point one show, just yeah. about the Avengers movie. Might hey, have to stagger our episodes or something. You know and what? Mandy Before fly up, talk about Hawkeye's butt. Before we see the Avengers, what do you guys think will be a bigger movie commercially? The Avengers or Batman? Batman. Batman, hands down. I don't know. The Avengers has got something for everybody. If you didn't like Thor, you've got a new Iron Man. If you got an Iron Man, you got a new Cap. Yeah, but I still think. In a way, the Avengers is more cerebral than Batman. Everybody loves Batman. Everybody wants to take their kids to see Batman, 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 Batman. Everybody wants the bat symbol on a cup. You know what I mean? <laughs> the Avengers, uh, <laughs> you know, when you go like a big gulp. You, yeah, we got yeah. it. I just, I just think the Avengers is still maybe too comic book guy film that, you know, a bunch of girls aren't going to go see. Well, maybe... They will to see Jeremy Renner's butt, and you know. I'm not sure if you're aware, Tumblr RDJ. is all over everyone's butt in that movie. I know. I think I can't more women are going to go see Avengers than uh, Dark Knight. I don't know. Whatever I, Dark Knight I, Returns. I think because of the critical acclaim of uh, oh, the Dark Knight, uh, the Dark Knight, you'll see more butts and seats for Dark Knight Rises. I feel like DC is essing in the bed. I mean, look at all of the marketing and promos we see for the Avengers and. We barely remember that a Batman movie's coming out. It's going to come out like next year? No, it's coming no, out in July. Summer. July 21st. Yeah, but I, I think you're going to see the hype machine start up after the Avengers dies down. Because really, why throw all this money for a Ju- uh, July release? Well, really, the, the comic book community is focused on the Avengers right now. True. Can we, can we get the edit in the uh, Christian Bale rant? 
Oh, you. <laughs> How was it? Let me see if I can pull it up on YouTube real quick. And then Marvel's going to have another movie out before Batman, which is even crazier. I hate that Spider-Man costume. Can I be real with you? That's not like Marvel Marvel, though. That's not Marvel Studios. It's first first oh, yeah, place. that's right. It's not them. That's Sony right there for yeah. you. Yeah. So, really? Anybody else like that Spider-Man costume? Like With the it. weird red bands on his hands? I'll get over it, only because I think he'll be a much better Spider-Man than Tobey Maguire. Uh, see, everybody hates Toby. I, I thought he did a in the first movie anyway a good job. I hated emo Spider Man and was it? it it's Spider-Man easy to look two back. Or three? It's easy to look back, but you were ch- you were almost jumping out of your seats when you saw those movies. Jumping oh, out of your yeah. seats, he was practicing the dance sequence for his wedding. And, uh, <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. You are wrong, and that was very hurtful. <laughs> we'll hug it out after the show. Maybe we'll. Maybe we won't. If we just edited out that segment, we just played a clip of uh, Christian Bale's YouTube video. Yeah. Depends on how what time everybody gets home tonight. It's ten thirty. You know, Dale's going to stay here at this point. Let's wrap it up. You know, Daddy's got some stuff to do tonight. Mm. Go back to work, uh, aren't you? Maybe. Crazy. Great show. Good show. Great show, Mark. Great show, myself, and great show, Dale. We'll see everybody. Thank you. Next week. Thanks.